stop lying. That's the message. The message is stop lying. Now that I've caught your attention, let's jump in. What is a lie and what does it do? A lie is to make an untrue statement with an intent to deceive and to create a false or misleading impression. Go ahead and ask yourself, when was the last time we told a lie? For some of us, it was probably a minute ago. For others, it might have been just yesterday. This morning, maybe an hour ago. Just maybe. And I'm sure we all can relate to that grappling, sinking experience of telling a lie. There's an emptiness in your stomach. Maybe, you know, a little sweat bead that probably drop off of your eye. There's that lack of eye contact. You know, that desire to just switch the conversation completely. And for many, even to forget that the lie was told. Unfortunately, lying is the prison that keeps us imprisoned. It's the prison that just keeps on imprisoning. You tell one lie, followed by another, followed by another 10. And now you 20 lies in, trying to figure out who you are in the same story that you tell in the lie in. And now you're a professional actor because you've been playing someone else your entire life. Yeah, that's how serious it is. You're probably thinking, yo, it's just a lie. No, it's not just a lie. It's not just a lie. It's never just a lie. It's never. It's written that the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. Isn't lying one of the greatest tactics of the enemy? It looks like the typical distorted thinking, you know, sometimes you have those statements of, you know, you're not being good enough. The whole world is against you. They're out to get me. That person betrayed me or I don't deserve this. Or maybe I do deserve this kind of punishment. I'll get hurt. They'll hurt me. I don't have what it, I don't have what it takes. And these are some of the lies that the enemy uses to keep people in bondage, to keep people trapped, to keep people thinking that, you know, they're not good enough, that God doesn't love them, that God doesn't want them to be, you know, all that they can be. And it's rubbish. Let me tell you this now. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. Say that. You know, the enemy is a liar and the truth is not in him. And the reason why, yes, even us as Christians give into these lies is because we don't know the truth. The Bible says in John 8 verse 32, and Jesus was speaking to the disciples. He tells them that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. In the previous episode, we talked about the importance of Christ setting us free and cherishing that truth. When you know what is true, you no longer allow yourself to be set back into bondage. When you know what is true, you do not allow yourself to be condemned. When you know what is true, when you know who you are in Christ, when you know what he has said about you, you do not fall prey or fall tactics to the plans of the enemy. That he has set us free from every device of the enemy to keep us in bondage in our minds and in our environment. So how much in our minds do we really know that we are free? We won't necessarily know until we stay in the word. At least we have freedom for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, he told them, If you continue in my word, which is to obey my teachings and live according with them, then you will be true followers of Christ. You will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That means you have to stay in the word. You have to stay in the word. You know what? Let's prepare to get God, okay? 
as Christians, we've gotten so comfortable with being drive-by Christians, you know. We're okay with the hype worship songs. We're ready to be at, you know, the beginning of the service just for the worship songs. You know, the motivational sermons are A1. And I'm not saying that these things are bad, no. But it comes a time when prayer and studying the word, you know, when it comes to prayer and studying the word, we run from it. We run from it. We do not want to discipline ourselves. We do not want to just take that hour, that 30 minutes, that 10 minutes, that 5 minutes, and just spend in the Word of God or in prayer trying to figure out what it is that He has said concerning us. But instead, we rather just spend it doing other things, you know, the physical things that show that we're Christians by just showing up to church and maybe volunteering. And I'm not saying that these things are bad. No, they're good. Because, you know, faith without works is dead. And that is a part of your faith. Those works are a part of your faith if you read the scriptures. But as I said, when it comes to intentionally taking that personal time out to spend with God and, you know, getting to know Jesus, we become so flippant. We just they say that, you know, we can do it at a different time. We schedule in the morning. We say we can do it in the evening. When the evening comes, we're too tired. How are you supposed to know the truth when you don't even read or study the word of God? It's not enough to just memorize the word of God, but to truly meditate on it, you know, that the word would truly become flesh in you. It's almost like eating food. It's literally eating food. Literally eating food. You eat food, you consume it, it goes to different parts of your body. For some of us, we become overweight. For some of us, we lose weight, depending on what it is that we eat. Some of it might be nutritious. Some of it may just feel good or taste good. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's written that it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's, it's what goes comes out. It's what comes out. And Jesus is so strategic in what it is that he says. He's so strategic. It's necessary for the word to take root within us. That's all I'm trying to get. If there's anything that you get from this today... It's necessary for you to spend time in the Word of God, studying what it is that it says, studying what it is that, you know, Jesus has written concerning you. You need to know because if you don't know, if you don't know, I'm telling you, you're in for a long run. You will allow the enemy to take advantage of you in so many different ways that he doesn't have to. You know, he he thrives in ignorance. So don't allow yourself to be an ignorant Christian to the point where you just let the enemy walk all over you because you don't know your rights come on now we don't like to take responsibility when we have to take it jesus calls himself the way the truth and the life for a reason because he's giving us a hint that he is the door and the way to a bondage free life he is the truth that we all need to know which frees us from lying to others and ourselves and need i say more he is life he is life he is life he is life you know the truth he is life he is the truth and truth is a weapon truth is a weapon truth is a weapon it's a person which is christ but it's also a weapon when we are instructed to cherish the truth of being free when we look at the armor of god we see that the first part of the armor is that is mentioned is the belt of truth why do you think that is why do you think it is Ephesians 6 14 says stand firm and hold your ground having tightened around your waist the wide bond of truth which is personal integrity and moral courage around your waist personal integrity and moral courage 
Now, personal integrity is the practice of being honest and showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to a strong moral and ethical principle of value. I know that sounded like a whole bunch of gibberish, but what it basically saying is use an honest person. You is an honest person, alright? You is gonna be honest. <laughs> you is gonna be honest. Integrity makes you secure and confident in who you are as a person. When you don't have integrity, there's nothing that helps your self-esteem since you're not honest about your morals and your values. Confidence comes from being secure in who you are and reflecting that onto others. How can you be secure in who you are when you don't even know who you are? When you only think you know who you are, are you even sure that you know who you are? When you're not honest or being truthful, you give the enemy the ammo to use against you. You give the enemy entry points. As we said in the beginning, when you tell one lie, you have to tell 20 to cover up that one lie. Can you imagine how many arguments, how many issues of life can be resolved by simply telling the truth? Can you imagine how many shortcomings can be resolved or be avoided by simply telling the truth? Can you imagine how many things you can prevent by simply telling the truth? Nobody's exempt from telling the truth. I don't care if you're a leader, if you're a minister, if you're a pastor. The truth should set everyone free. And if you decide to do the opposite, you're most likely keeping yourself in bondage. Everyone should be willing to tell the truth and to walk in truth. I know it sounds easier said than done. We may not know what that line might be. We may not know what it is that we're trying to protect ourselves from or protect somebody else from. But trust me, everyone should be willing to tell the truth. And that's one of the character flaws that we all struggle with. We're all human. Lives are destroyed by lies. Character assassinations are occur because of lies. Not just you assassinating somebody else's character, but you assassinating yourself. You know that you're lying. God knows that you're lying. What's the point? What's the point when we tell lies, listen to lies of others, or lack the moral courage to stand firm, we are basically taking our confidence out of God and putting it in ourselves. So we are so concerned about what others think about us that we would rather tell lies than to humble ourselves enough to indicate that we have done something wrong or to apologize. Or we may even lack the moral courage to correct the inconsistency of another person. At the end of the day, when we allow truth to be wrapped around our waist, when we allow ourselves to be guided and girded with Christ, strengthened with honesty and integrity of Christ, we do not have to worry about being overwhelmed and killed. It's no longer a worry. It's no longer a worry. So if we're truly going to live this not guilty life, we have to be able and willing to live in the truth of who Christ has called us to be. We have to be willing and able to live in the truth of, I don't measure up, but God makes me worthy. I don't measure up, but someone paid for me. I don't measure up. On my own, I refuse to sign. In my own pride, I refuse to sign. But I rather humble myself because Christ did. I rather humble myself because he paid the price. I rather humble myself and walk in his truth, not my own. So we have basically wrapped up the first season of the God of Truth podcast. And if you are an unbeliever, if this is some, if this is the first time you've, you know heard any of the podcasts, the first episode that you've listened to, we always want to extend 
that open door, that invitation to know who Christ is, to be born again. So we're just going to say this simple prayer. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you conquered both death and the grave. You rose again and that with you, I also died in that. I give my heart to you. I repent of my sin. And I say, Jesus, that you come in. You come into my heart. You come into my life. And that you just make it your own. You make it your own. I say, truly seal me with your Holy Spirit. That every plan of the enemy. That every shortcoming. Every sin. Every mistake. I stand in knowing that you have wiped it away. That you have washed it away. And we're just going to go ahead and pray for those that are probably just struggling with wrapping their minds around the fact that they're guilty. Lord, we just say that for every mind, for every ear that is listening to this, that you would truly open their eyes of understanding, that they would experience what it means to truly live that not guilty life, to live a life free of condemnation, to live a life where they are no longer being riddled by sin, that the enemy is no longer living in their minds filled with lies, but their minds, their hearts, everything about their very being is covered and focused on the good things of Christ. They're covered and focused on things that are above and not beneath. Oh, Father, I say truly, let them walk in that reality. Let them walk in that goodness and that newness that Christ truly has paid the price and for freedom he has set them free. Father, we thank you for every person that is listening, for every person that decided to support. I pray, Father, that you would give a blessing that pours out like never before and that lord you would be glorified over their lives in jesus name